Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review. Here we go, it's Monday, good evening. This is the Manchester Football Social. This is your place to talk about your team. Pick over the bones of the weekend and do it tonight in the company of two footballing legends from inside the M60. Manchester United's Mickey Thomas. Good evening, Mickey T. Good evening, Jim. And Manchester City's Gary Owen. Gio, how are you? I'm good, great, Jim. And boy, there is a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Jose getting in a scrap, a dramatic comeback, a comeback of a very different kind for Joe Hart. And City riding their luck a little bit at the weekend as they cocked up another big win for the Blues. Whatever you want to say, you can have your say by giving us a call on 0345 7625. That is the phone number, 0345 7625. Cost you no more to call us than it does calling your local takeaway. And you can give us a text as well if you fancy doing that, 87711. That is the text number. I really want to know your thoughts on Jose Mourinho tonight and his latest outburst. Already an FA charge hanging over his head. Maybe the decision to react angrily to Chelsea's assistant manager's celebration in front of him this weekend could have been seen at best as a little bit foolish. At worst, a little bit petulant. But what is your view? Was Jose right to react? 0345 one seventy six twenty five. That's the number to call. We'll get to that in a second. 87711 is the text number. But before we talk Manchester United, let's talk Manchester City. 5-0 at the weekend and lucky they were. Lucky Gio, a lucky win. Lucky wasn't 10. <laughs> it was an impressive performance from Manchester City but there and were two Joe decisions and Joe, well not so much for Joe Hart but there were two decisions that early doors for Manchester City affected the game massively one of them was the red card for Vincent Company, or the lack of a red card for Vincent Company. Mickey Thomas can you turn your headphones down a little bit oh sorry mate <laughs> turn them on get rid of that screechy sorry. noise but yeah Man City it was yeah. a red card I mean it should have been yeah, a red card don't argue with it. I've seen red cards given for that very lucky bad Bad ball from Laporte when he had an outstanding game, as did as all the team did. But he could easily have taken a red card. I think if it had been later on in the game, he may well have taken the red card. But it seems to be the referees don't don't seem to book people or or send anybody off in the first few minutes. It seems to let it settle down. And he was very fortunate he didn't get a red card. 
We see that quite a lot with referees. They do, I mean, for some reason, a tackle that's in the first five minutes is not punished in the same way as a tackle in the 85th minute. That's not right, is it? A red well, card is a red card, no matter when it happens the in the game. 85th minute. I mean, after about 20 minutes, you know, you see, you see challenges going to innocuous and they get a yellow card. When you see challenges before that going, it, it, it could be worthy of a red card. Uh, referees are just, I, I don't understand it. I understand them not wanting to get players booked early doors and uh, and maybe get someone sent off if they get booked early and get sent off and spoils the game 11 against 10. I understand that because fans go to see 11 against 11 and, mm. and competition. But if a challenge deserves a card, whether it's the first minute or the 90th minute, um, you've got to give it. That's, that's the game. And Vincent Company was lucky with that challenge. That he was high and he caught him and he was lucky he was not sent off. You look back at that challenge and I'm sure if it had been the other way around, I'm sure it had been a Burnley challenge on Leroy Sane, it would have been called for, you'd be calling now for it to be a red card. No, because it doesn't happen and of course you would do, like I just said then now, not calling for Vincent Gundy to be sent off, but he could easily have been sent off and mm. I would not have been surprised if he got a red card. So it's not as though I'm, I'm decrying it wasn't, it was, <laughs> it was a, a desperate challenge, a bad ball from the port that forced him into that challenge, but... Vinny should know he's, he's experienced enough that if he commits like that and he and he misses and he catches the player, he's always going to be tied with a red card. So luckily, yes, we did get away with that. And, um, you know, but trust me, Burnley were getting stuck in. Young Loughton, 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 mm. at right back. Got stuck into Sani a number of times. Sani retaliated one time. He could easily have got a yellow card again. I, I think he did. But he was, you know, he's not for the faint-hearted. He was a derby. He's Burnley against Manchester City. They came there expecting to get beat, I would imagine, in the heart of hearts. They just I didn't imagine want to get they go beaten. to yeah. most games this season expecting yeah. to get beat. They just beat didn't want to get beat badly, and he understand that as well. Uh, but once the goal started going in, there was, you know, a few challenges that went in, and sometimes you, you get reaction back, and not the person that commits the first crime, mm. maybe the one that retaliates, is the one that gets the punishment, and that could have easily happened. And But anyway, long story about it all is, is that 5-0... And Joe Hart, even though we said to put the ball out the net five times, stopped it from being... He saved four certain goals. Four certain goals. Uh, and Joe Hart was probably the, the man of the match. Do you think Joe Hart is the same goalkeeper that he once was when he was playing at City? And obviously he was shipped out at City because he didn't fit with the plan. He wasn't deemed good enough to fit into Pep Guardiola's what? squad. But since he has left City, his time at Torino, his time at West Ham... And his time at Burnley, to a large extent, although he did make some dramatic saves in that game last night, he still conceded five, by the way, but... Yeah, he couldn't, he, listen, no keeper in the world would have stopped him. But he doesn't seem like the same keeper he once was, does he? Yeah, but he's, listen, he's not playing behind the same team he once was. For, for, but, you know, I remember Joe Hart, we're playing Chelsea uh, at home, we're losing 1-0, Frank Lampard gets a penalty for Chelsea, pouring down with rain, Joe Hart saves the penalty, we go on to win the game 2-1. We got 2-0 down to Kuwait. He lost that, which would have been the difference in not winning the Premiership first time and winning it. I mean, I know there's always other games that you can't just say that one game defines it, but there's certain times he's kept us in games, saved us mm. in games. I remember playing against Dortmund, I think it was, in the Champions League. It could have been seven. We could have been seven down at home yeah. against them. Made five magnificent saves. So I've seen Joe Hart, fantastic for us. And it's harder when you play behind a team that you're not having much practice. So when you are called into into action, you've got to be ready. And he was ready for when we was, uh, when he played for us. I think the Torino was probably the wrong decision to go there. I think Joe Hart, what he did for us, and being the England international, maybe, and no disrespect to Burnley, maybe should have had a better team to come in for him higher up the league.
but nice of him to get the honour before kick-off. We went to the training ground. He's had one of the pitches there named after him. So it's nice to see there's affection still for him within the Manchester City hierarchy. Well, I think the you know I think the hierarchy have always have always looked and and for the players that have helped the club to get to where they were to get them off off the mark since mm. s- since uh, you know many many years before winning trophies is that they recognise that and even Yaya for the foul mouth that he gave to Pep Guardiola as our manager, you know, and really disrespecting the club a little bit. They've named, uh, you know, one of the training pitches after him as well. So they do respect... Has he got a great big birthday cake painted on the centre circle, (laughs) that one? Yeah, it's a big crossover (laughs) it now. um, Yeah, but listen, they do, uh, and they they do appreciate it, and all those players will be welcomed back. I don't think that... uh, uh, Yaya would be welcome into Pep's office for mm. a glass of sherry. Give us a call 0345 111 That is the phone number. Your views on Manchester City's another big win for Manchester City over Burnley at the weekend. 87711 is the text number. We've got Matt on the line who wants to chat. And Matt, you've got a superb stat for us. Yeah, I think um, City at the weekend, I'm, I'm not sure if this is the exact number, but this stat is sounding less impressive already, Matt. It's sounding really good. <laughs> we broke the record yes. for uh, the number of three o'clock games. Yes, we did. Season. Is that right, Gary? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did. How many was it? You know, I think it's thirty-four now. Ah, right. Yeah, so it's spot on with that. Yeah, it was thirty-three, and that made it thirty-four. It's a you. little bit random in terms of stats, but it's a but good it's a record, isn't it? It is, a, and it shows how dominant Manchester City have been for the last two years now. That they're constantly winning, and they're winning easily. And it was just a bit of that at the weekend, wasn't it? You went into that game against Burnley expecting five goals, and came out of it with five goals. Yeah, it was just um, like I said, another day at the office, so three o'clock on a Saturday for Man City. The, the game started off a bit innocuous, though. Obviously, um, there's been a lot of talk about the the company challenge and, on Aaron Lennon. And as a, as a, if I was a Burnley fan, I'd be screaming for that to be a red card. That's Absolutely. the only reason why I, I think that the referee has not given a red there is because of how early it was in the game, which shouldn't really make a difference, to be honest. But, um, yeah, we got we got away with that one a little bit. Yeah. But I, I heard a few people saying that it was um, it was company's fault. He's sort of lost like half a yard of pace. And now I can't see that. It was um, a straight pass from the port. I agree with you. I agree with you. It was it was, stre- it was stretching to get it, and it, there was no malice in it. There was there was no intent. It was just going for the ball, the ball only. And unfortunately, you know these these things sometimes happen, don't they? Absolutely, I agree with you. It, it was a bad pass, and he, he you know. He may be, and as I said before you came on the call, I don't know if you heard, I said that maybe with his experience should know that if you're not going to win it and you're going to put yourself at that risk, if you catch him, you could be up for a yellow card so early in the game or even worse, a red card, and I agree with you. I wouldn't have been surprised and uh, if he'd have got a red card or I wouldn't have been surprised if anybody would have got a red card, whether it's Burnley or but Referees don't seem to give decisions on yellows and reds for the first 10 minutes. They almost seem to let them do what they like and give them, give them one go. But it's not, you know, it's not right anyway. If it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's a red card, it's a red card. Clearly, the timing of that challenge was part of the reason he didn't get a red card. You mentioned it there, Matt, that there was no intent to injure. Was that also part of the reason there that Vinnie Company has a very good reputation in the game? He's not the kind of person who's going to go out there and try and injure other players. If it had been someone like Ander Herrera for example, Mickey Thomas, it would have been a different story. And his previous, or Marcus Rojo even, his previous would have gone against him and maybe the referee would have been quicker to pull out a card. Yeah, you see, you, you see that with a few things, like with, with diving as well. I mean, I think um, it's 
people like Neymar who are like well well renowned for diving, the referees look for it an awful lot more and like you mentioned then, um under Herrera who's not the best tackler in the world, let's have it right. Um they'd, they'd be look, they'd be looking for that sort of thing a lot more. But yeah, I think Vinny Company's reputation probably did save him a little bit there and to be honest, I think it's gonna even itself out throughout the season, these these kind of things. They either go for you or they or they go against you. And obviously Sean Dice had a bit of a rant and a bit of a moan after the game um, and he had every right to moan about that but there was a few things that he moaned about that I don't think was, was quite relevant to be honest he said the second goal changed the game it didn't change the game they was never in the game but no, they never had a you. shot on target did they so no, no, I think he's uh, not called Ginger Mourinho for no reason. We all know uh, Jose is renowned for moaning, so maybe he's following down the same path as him. No, I agree with you. There was no way that that was going to, whether we scored or not, it was only a matter of time. And the longer the game went on, it's a good job the game was only 90 minutes, otherwise it would have been 10. Yeah. A good lesson for any schoolboy footballer with that second goal, though, that you play to the whistle. And David yeah, Silva was the only person on that pitch who carried on playing. Well, the referee put the whistle to his mouth as if... And normally, if a referee puts the whistle to his mouth and looking at the spot, you think he's going to blow it. Yeah. So, but he stopped. Because yeah. he went down. There was no reason for him to go down, even though Sean Dice says, oh, there was minimal contact. But it got past the place. So he was going to shoot. So, the, you know, the contact was enough for him to take him out. Otherwise, he'd have shot it. Oh, of course he would. Uh, and, and there was nobody at that point. And everybody just stopped. But, mm. I mean, a perfect example is, even schoolboys, you say to them, you play to the whistle. You carry on until the referee blows the whistle whether you put it in the net or you kick it out the net one way or the other you keep playing play to the whistle cheers for your call mate thanks for cheers, coming on buddy. I know you're involved in a little sports project at the moment called Top Down Sports what's that about? yeah um, it's a, a mini YouTube series that me and a couple of friends of mine are doing at the moment it's, um, it's filmed sort of like mockumentary style um, we've got a camera crew following us around. I play a goalkeeper that's addicted to football. He never takes his goalkeeper gloves off, even in the shower. Um, and my dad, he plays an out-of-work football manager, um, trying to get himself another job. He's sort of putting himself out there with his documentary. Um, the series itself is called Back in the Big Time. And if you are on YouTube and you've got a YouTube account, you can find us at Top Down Sports UK. And um, if you want to give it a watch, there's five episodes on there. And if you like it give, it, give it a subscribe. And the episodes aren't that long. They're only five minutes each, so it doesn't take uh, that much time out of your day. Top man. Top man. Cheers, Matt. Thanks for coming Cheers, on. I appreciate Matt. that. Cheers, Matt. Nice one, guys. If you want to get in touch, 0345 111 is the phone number. 87711 is the text number. Particularly want to know your opinions on Mourinho and the reaction to the Chelsea Benches celebration after the equaliser on Saturday. Was he right to have that reaction? But before we get off Manchester City, you said to me when we were standing out there having a little chat, Gary, mm. you reckoned Man City are playing better this season than they were last season at this stage. Well... Listen, stats may tell you differently because, but we've had Liverpool and Arsenal in the first eight, mm. nine games of the season. Uh, I do, I think we've rotated it so many times now. God knows, I don't think we've even had the same two centre backs twice in the trot. So, no matter who you put in, John Stones at right back, everybody fits into that. And the fluency of the football, and when you take them off and bring Foden on, bring De Bruyne on, it just continually plays the same way, except with, with, with fresher legs. But, you know, I read an article on Sunday in one of the S Sunday papers where the guy said, listen, Manchester City, the superlatives of last year, 100, go uh, 100 points, so many goals and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've got news for all you Manchester City fans who you thought that was it. Well, I'm going to give you news. They're playing better this year than they were last year. And I'm not saying we're going to score 100 goals. I'm not saying that we're going to have that many points again. But the, but the football, we're now learning 
to teams that sit and put them that many mm-hmm. about how to break them down and break them down quickly. So I mean, the opposition are better this year, aren't they? I mean, Liverpool are a better side, Chelsea are a better side than they were last season. So even if City are playing better, that 100 you're never points gonna get, You're never going to get 100 points again. It's, I would say it's impossible, but, you know... Uh, it's, some people said that nothing's impossible, but I, listen, that cannot happen again with that. But we're already on 23 goals. It's an impressive season already for Man City. We're going to talk about Manchester United in a minute. The game at the weekend, an amazing comeback. I mean, you would take 2 2 at the beginning of the day for Manchester United, but Jose Mourinho's reaction was again the talking point. We'll get your views on that. 0345 1176 25 is the number, 87711 is the text number. Before we do that, I've got a quiz question for you boys. So Sean Dyche, English manager, didn't get the result he wanted at the Etihad this weekend, not the first English manager to do so. Who was the last? English manager to win at the Etihad Stadium in a league game and yes and who was he managing I think it might be in both but who was he managing and who was the manager we'll give you the answer in a minute on the Excess Manchester Football Social this is the Manchester Football Social Legend Review This is the XS Manchester Football Social, where you can talk about your team, City or United. We've got two ex-playing legends in the studio, Gary Owen for City, Mickey Thomas for Manchester United. And if you want to have your say, it's 0345 111 That is the number to call. 87711 is the text number. I'm going to talk Jose in a minute. And his reaction to the Chelsea Bench's celebration in the game versus Chelsea at the weekend. But first, I asked you a question. Sean Dyche failed to beat Manchester City at the weekend, so who was the last English manager to win at the Etihad Stadium? I gave you a clue, boys. It was 2010. Is he still managing now? He is on and off still managing. At this present time, he is not managing, but he's certainly working every now and again at the moment. Any note, let's have your final guesses. Who do you think it was? Uh, I don't know. Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce says Gary Owen, Mickey Thomas. Well, Steve McLaren, he's on and off. It's not Steve McLaren. 2010... Against Tottenham, the result was one 0 Peter Crouch scored. It was Harry Redknapp. Oh, Redknapp. Harry yeah, Redknapp was, was the, the last. Game. Yes, when manager. he should not have scored because it hit oh, Sterling so. on the back, and they said it, it's his arm. They got a free kick. So it doesn't count that. <laughs> We're not having that one. Of course, there are rumours this week as well that Harry Redknapp could be going into the jungle for I'm a celebrity. So I'm looking forward to seeing him hanging out of a helicopter window. What saying, formation are you going to go in there for? John Terry in with him. But who would you take if you were going to pick a footballer to go into the jungle? One footballer that would do all right in the Australian outback who would it be listen he he looks for controversy all the time he's never away from it he's now a manager now Joey Barton yeah Joey Barton in the jungle that would be a great shout wouldn't it yeah. I'd have Vinnie Jones because I mean kangaroo testicles are going to be no hassle to him he's, he's worked out gazers so yeah, yeah. kangaroo testicles would be alright so let's move on to the marrying hand Jose Mourinho Manchester United versus Chelsea at the weekend. Let's face it, Mickey Thomas, you would have accepted a 2-2 before kick-off, wouldn't you? Oh, I went for a draw. I think that was our best option, but we could have won it. Uh, lost it in the what, seventh minute of injury time, whatever it was. Uh, they got the equaliser. Give them a little bit of credit for not giving in. But uh, first half, I, I think if you look at the stats, Gio and Jim, it certainly was in favour of Chelsea. Um, but United showed what they're about. They, Second they half came, again. Just seem to they seem to have to go behind before they get going. Yeah, yeah, they, they obviously had to kick in. They had, they had to have a reaction and they had to come forward. And certainly Martial, he demonstrated what a player he can be. Did that in that game against Chelsea. Uh, second goal for me was a wonderful, uh, excellent finish, and he bent it into that bottom left hand right. corner. Right. Yeah, the, the performance Jim was very, very encouraging. Um, certainly with uh, tomorrow evening's game against Juventus coming around very, very quickly, uh, and Ronaldo would see him, but. 
the thing about it, I think you said it early on uh, Twitter, is this the result to turn the season well, around? Well, that's it, is it? Can this I think be the, the Newcastle game might be. Give them a bit of belief in that because it, it wasn't there before that 45 minutes first, 45 geo. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from a Manchester United side for many years. 62% possession Chelsea in the game, only yeah. 38 United, that's mm. not United. No. 21 shots Chelsea, Yeah. 7 United, yeah. On target, 6-4. And I think chance. United only had one shot in the first <laughs> half games, as well. Game, as Gary knows, we've, we've been involved in games ourselves as footballers, but that type of game sometimes happen when you're not, you know, having a, enough of the ball or enough of the game. But you can go out that result, and you've got to give them credit. You've got two goals. Um, Stamford Bridge is obviously a fortress for Chelsea, very difficult, they're unbeaten. Um, unfortunately, as I said, it was tarnished by a little bit of a... A little bit of altercation at the end of the game about injury time when they got the equalising goal with Jose Mourinho. Which we'll get onto very soon. But why for Manchester United is it only happening in the second half? Against Newcastle, they're only playing when there is nothing to lose. Is there a problem with the way the team's being set up? Are the team not appreciating the instructions? Why is it taking to be two goals, three goals down before there's a reaction? I think when you... I'm mentioning Gary again, because to my right-hand side, you know, when you have football and you go out there, sometimes it takes you something to, to get you going. When when hope is all lost, you've got to just give everything. You know I mean, in that dressing room all the time against Newcastle, I'm sure there were some strong words said between mm, the manager yeah. and players, but he got the reaction in the second half and it was a great, great performance. Well, Mickey, when you thought Mourinho going back to Stamford Bridge and... The we comeback spoke against Newcastle, and it's been the two-week spell now because of the international <laughs> weekend. But uh, when you thought, right, he'd have got him on the front foot straight away, because you yeah. know what Chelsea's going to do? They're going to try and dominate the possession because that's how Sarri plays. Let's get into the face. Let's go. The Mourinho would want to win. He does not want to get beat there at Chelsea, where he was home for many years. Take his team there. Get out on the front foot. But it was quite the opposite. And I've said that a couple of times. Mm. I said against Newcastle, they should go out absolutely bombard him. Camp in their half, pressurise them, keep them, and they end up going in 2 0 down at half time. Could be 3 or 4 against Newcastle. But it's not so the way it, United play. But then at the they moment. come back and it's, you know, not not only come back, but get the 7 0 winning position like they did against Newcastle and 1 3 2. Mm. Was 2 1 against Chelsea, but have to be behind before they get back in front. Your point about the way Manchester United approach these games is proved by two people who have texted in the same stat here, which is since United last scored five goals in a domestic match, Manchester City have scored five goals. 27 yeah. times, mm. which yeah. is an insane difference and shows... It's almost reversed. They're always shooting. Let's pick to Steve. He's a United fan <laughs> on the phone. If you want to get in touch, 0345 is the number and Steve's on the line now. Evening, Steve. Evening. How are you, chaps? Yeah, we're good. Fine. Very good. Now, I know, Steve, that you've been a little bit anti-Jose at times so far this season, and maybe last season as well. Has anything that's happened in the last two weeks, the Newcastle result and the Chelsea draw, has it done anything to change your mind? Is Jose still the man? I'm not... Uh, see, the thing is, I'm 28 and I've been brought up watching us steamroll opposition. Teams come to Old Trafford and they're beaten before they even step out on the pitch. Whereas now, teams know, if they put a tiny bit of pressure on us, we'll crumble. Like, and we were very lucky against Newcastle, very lucky. And we've been here before, we've been here with Moyes, we've been here with LBG. I mean, it's just not the same as it used to be. And something is wrong at the top of the club. And Mourinho, he didn't help himself because he's picked fours with but he gave him a new bumper contract. Mm. He's at war with Pogba at the minute. 
is a very, very decisive character, and that's not really what you need when you're trying to rebuild and become one of the best land teams in the land again. And it's just embarrassing, really, because we're playing dour, defensive, horrible football to watch. Yeah, I know. My eight-month-old son's here. And he, yeah, I think he's he agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. He's going, why, why can't United attack, Daddy? And I don't know the answer to it. But against Newcastle in the second half, you did attack. Against Chelsea in the second half, you did attack. Martial looked okay. great. It looked like Jose Mourinho had suddenly worked out what was going on. So why can't you do that every single game? I don't know, that's a question. Why have we had to suffer for, God knows, like 2013 was the last time we went on the attack. And (laughs) I've almost forgotten what it looks like because you've got the City fans, all 10 of them turn up at the Etihad. Oh, ho, ho, ho. ho. Was the fire drill last on them at United before the Newcastle? Was the fire drill? Sorry, sorry, I I, I left early to watch Strictly come dancing. You and a few thousand more, mate. Uh, Yeah. It was a very good episode. <laughs> what did you make of Jose Mourinho's reaction then to the, the big talking point from the game? Of course, we're not talking about the game again. We're talking about Jose Mourinho because that's what happens every single time there's a Man United game at the moment. Chelsea's assistant manager celebrates the sixth minute of added time equaliser, runs across the technical area in front of Jose Mourinho, turns to him, looks like he said something, goes back across the area, does the same thing. Jose Mourinho reacts angrily. He's already got the FA charge for swearing in Portuguese at the camera the other week hanging over his head. What did you make of that reaction? That was ideal for Jose, really, because obviously Jose would have run across the pitch and just basically gone after him, wouldn't he? But Jose managed to come out of it looking the better man. And that really helps Jose because the board are very concerned about his um, about his differences and how he's fallen out of everyone. Yet when he gets provoked, he didn't really react. He just he, he just got up really, and that makes Jose look even better. To be fair to him, because he didn't react, he didn't bring shame upon United. Did you he say didn't he didn't react? Well, not really. He just stood up and went like he just stood. He didn't. He didn't well, well, when he took about four stews to hold him back and his own, his own coaching team. Yeah, if he well, wasn't the same one. No, he wanted to go to the toilet. He was desperate to go to the toilet. Well, it must he, have been. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just think the reaction from anyone really in that situation. I think as the Chelsea reaction from obviously it might have an agenda with um, the manager Jose Mourinho, but. It's an equalising goal in the sixth minute or seventh minute of injury time. You can see their excitement. They've got a, you know, a draw when it looked like lost. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the reaction from Jose, I think uh, their manager, sorry, was very complimentary towards uh, Jose Mourinho after the game. I thought, you know, Mourinho's reaction after, obviously, saying to Chelsea fans, I, I've won it three times here and putting to to him. But that's Josie Marino, wasn't it? But the most important thing is, is not to focus too much on that because the focus was on the performance second half where they've grown out a result against a very good Chelsea side. Well, so. Mickey, you say the important thing is not to focus on that, but it's happened. And Josie well, Marino again didn't make it made happen, himself though, did he? the centre of attention. What did Josie Marino do, Jim? Did nothing, did he? No, well, he, he reacted. Got, he got and someone jumping up and down. And he reacted, yeah, but, but how he, would you but react? But if he's going to do that, if he is going to jump up and react to uh, react react to the Chelsea bench, that if he's going to hold three fingers fingers up to the crowd, the Chelsea ground, going, I've won three titles. He has to expect that to be the subject in conversation. And I don't buy the mind games thing. I don't buy the idea that it's him distracting from the performances and putting the pressure on himself. 
He just does stuff to put himself in the centre of it. I don't so think he wants a, a distraction from that performance from Chelsea because that second half is something that he wants to see because the, the, the big plus side is they go into the Avengers game now with a lot more confidence after the last mm. two games, Newcastle and Chelsea in them second half performances. But you can't start bad against Juventus because they've got quality Ronaldo, of course, coming back to the, in this game. So I look forward to the Juventus game, but... That's gone now the weekend. Uh, the thing is now, are we going to go on and continue that type of performance? Only time will tell. We'll preview the Juventus game in a little bit. Uh, thank you very much, Steve, for your call. Appreciate you coming on. 0345 is the phone number if you want to have a chat. 87711 on the text number. Now, I went in on Jose a little bit there, but in fairness, I actually really liked his reaction to the Chelsea celebration. It was exactly what I wanted to see from Jose Mourinho this weekend. I wanted a bit of fight. I wanted a bit of passion. I wanted to see something from him that the players could get behind, show that he cared about the results and he cared about the club. I wasn't that bothered about the reminder that <coughs> they won three right, trophies. What this question? Yeah, I was going to say to you, Gary, I mean, we know these type of games, you don't need any lift here. You don't. I mean... Well, the players... You, 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 I don't know, you've got to be up for it. These are the type of games that... Gary's been in dressing where you're playing a big game. You're already there. The adrenaline's there. You know, you don't need any team talk, do you? That's far from it. But I'm saying uh, that's what you like to see. But so if a player's going on the pitch and a supporter of uh, uh, supporter from the opposition mm. called your mother something or called your children something or called your wife something, would you like to see passion from that player to go and confront that, that fan? What, so if I'm on a pitch and someone's insulted me mm. as another player, mm. you wouldn't expect me to react to that? Is that what you're Well, what I'm saying to you, if you played football, that's what happens every day. Yeah. Well, every yeah. game you play, somebody's yeah. calling you, calling your wife, calling your mother, and you can't react because if you react, mm. that's what happens. And that's what they say to you. You have to be bigger. You've got to be more mature. You've got to put it to the back of your mind. You, when somebody kicks you, do you go back and, and punch them or do you, or do you put your mm. foot straight through them? No, you have to take it as a compliment that you... So what you're saying is is you understand passion, but to get up and try and want to go and rip the guy's head off because he, he was fighting to get through to him, it's just like a player on the pitch and a fan confronting him and doing Eric Cantona and doing a Kung Fu kick on him. You can't do it. Well, it's a slightly different scenario because this is an equal on the field of play that's confronting it's him in a situation of having It's opposition. It? That's all it is. It's opposition. And one opposition, all he does is, uh, is goad him or something. Mm. What about when uh, two managers <clears throat> stood next to, each, next to each other? If one man just says something to the other behind his, his hand, showing passion, should he go out of his box into the other box, which Mourinho would have done, and would you say you would condone that? No, you can't condone it, because it's all part... When you say mind games... I do get what not, you're saying. It's not just mind games, Jim. It's also when they start talking about your family or your wife, mm. or whoever it is, or, or, what, or, or your sexuality, or whatever you want to, your colour, whatever it is. You can't do it. So you're clearly, you clearly think Jose Mourinho was in the wrong in this scenario and shouldn't have reacted. Well, wait, the way he I understand reacted. why he did. Of course, I do understand why he did because of the emotion, and everything. Do you know what he's been in the game bit? long enough to have just, have just hang on a minute? We took a point here from Chelsea. They're lucky to get the point in the end. He should be looking at that and and to do the three fingers and say, yeah, I've done that. Charles Chelsea fans know what he's done. He's, do you not want to see a little bit of that from your manager? If Pep Guardiola did the same thing, and he does do the same thing on occasions, you very often get a very irate Pep Guardiola kicking so water So Pep Guardiola went onto the referee. Do you not want to see a bit of that passion? Onto the referee. Pep Guardiola goes on the ref onto the pitch of the referee. Nobody, uh, nobody gives you a ban to go on and shake the referee's hand. So he went on the referee, not shake his hand, but to say that was a goal and it was a penalty. You missed them both. Hmm. Now, he may well have swore, I don't know. Listen, it could well have been. So because of that, then he gets a ban. Because he's bringing the game in, into dispute by by the referee <laughs> and made two 
monumental mistakes. Yeah. That wasn't open to uh wasn't open to a debate. They were monumental mistakes that when you look at it, everybody missed it. Apart from everybody who's the officials missed it, apart from everybody in the stadium saw. Yeah, so he went on to to confront him, not punching him, not running at him, to tell him you've made two mistakes and he gets banned. I think there's a difference here between condoning what Jose Mourinho did and him going after the Chelsea bench the way he did and thinking that that is exactly what Manchester United need right now. And the Manchester United fans, they need to see a bit of fight and they need to see a little bit of fashion, passion from Jose Mourinho. They need to see he's behind the team. And I kind of think that was very well played. The rules played. of today tell you this. You kick a bucket, he gets banned, does he? Yeah, throw a bottle of water. No, he kicked, he kicked a bucket. And throw right. a bottle of water. So well. he gets banned for that. But he gets up where he's trying to get across to mm-hmm. them, where they're having to hold him back, restrain him. And he, and he gets nothing. So well, maybe, maybe nothing. it's the FA that's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. Certainly to, to kick the bucket. He didn't kick it at anybody. He was just out of frustration, but he gets banned for that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he wants to get up and confront them. I think the difference is the bucket didn't attack him. Yeah. <laughs> the Chelsea, uh, but did the bucket you know, say anything? Did, well, the Chelsea <laughs> no, no, manager no. said something to him. I, I think in this instance... You must uh, have enjoyed seeing that, Jose. I, I think... Going right we across him, that has obviously infuriated him. That's why he's had a reaction. Yeah, we, we all enjoyed it, but I you know he agree can't he has, do it. You should be big enough not to do that, but it does heat the moment sometimes. It does happen. And what happened, And that's why people get sent off, and that's why people yeah. get booked, because yeah. they retaliate. And it's yeah. normally the people who get retaliate that retaliate. More, it's the more, ones that get more, the most punishment. I mean, yeah, it happens all the time sometimes, you know, when games in that high pressure games where, you know, Chelsea have got an equaliser six or seven minutes from the end, you know, the, the ground's erupted, the Chelsea bench erupted, you can understand that, can't yeah. you? I but can it, understand that. I mean, even to if United did that, that would have been doing exactly the same thing. celebrating that United was complaining that City was celebrating too much at Old Trafford when we won. Yeah. But then, somebody else United said, yeah. well, of course they're allowed to celebrate. They're in their own dressing room. They're not in our dressing room. Of course they are. United, when they won the Europa, Look last, uh, mm. Europa Cup last year in their dressing room, they weren't singing about Man United, they were singing about City. <laughs> Horses for courses. It depends if it's your team or not, doesn't it's it? That's essentially it. But the thing is, Jim, I think what you're trying to, uh, what you're alluding to is that it gives everyone a lift, that showed his reaction. He's got, has got that passion for the club. He wants to yes. show that, you know, it means something to him. But Which is important, isn't it? Well, I think they want to see a reaction from anyone, from the players, and they got that second Perhaps they've on. got the players' reaction. Yeah. Very quickly, yeah. before we move on, mm-hmm. were there signs at that game, Mickey, that finally Jose Mourinho is getting to grips with his best team? I read just before that that in the, since he's taken over at Manchester United, Jose <clears> Mourinho <throat> has used 83 different combinations in defence. Mm. So 83 different sets of players, defence and goalkeeper. But that looked close to his best team against Chelsea. Jim, the last two games, you know, and I said the guy in the Newcastle game, I think last week when I said we came back, but... It's the next few games, don't you think, guys? You know, it's all right doing it for two games, but you have to do it consistently. And the next mm. games are big games. And if United are going to be back, they have to do it in the next two all games. All the games that they've got, they've got quite easy. You'd have took a result to a chance and draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're going to be. So, if you've got, like I said, you go away, can, you don't get beat, and you beat them at home. That's how you win the leagues or you get up there. So we'll see. Next Premier League game is against Everton, Everton yeah. at home. And of course, it's Juventus tomorrow night. The big one, Champions League. And we're going to be talking about that next on the Excess Manchester Football Social. Talking to an Italian football expert who has seen every single game that Juventus have played this season. Should, 
should be able to give us an insight as to whether they have what it takes to not only beat United, but potentially win the Champions League this season. We'll do that next on the Excess Manchester Football Social. This is the Manchester Football Social. Legend Review. Excess Manchester, this is the Football Social, your place to talk about your team with two footballing legends, Mickey Thomas and Gary Owen in the studio. If you want to get involved, still time, 0345 7625 is the phone number. We're going to look forward now rather than back because there's a big game for Manchester United and Manchester City in the Champions League tomorrow night. We're not going to talk about City versus Shakhtar Donetsk tonight. We're going to leave that to... Ian Cheeseman on Forever Blue tomorrow night from 6 o'clock on Excess Manchester. But we are going to talk about Manchester United versus Juve. That is on our radar for this evening. It is going to be a big game tomorrow night. It could affect Jose Mourinho's future employment as well as Manchester United's season. But have Juventus got what it takes not only to beat United, but potentially to win the Champions League as well? Could they go all the way to tell us that we've got Carlo Garganese on the phone, who is an Italian football expert. Ciao, Carlo. Ciao, how are we doing, lads? Yeah, very good. well, very well. Uh, thank you for coming on and having a chat with us about Juventus. You've seen every single game they've played so far this season. How are they looking? Have they got more than what it takes to turn United over at Old Trafford? I think they have. They're looking very formidable. I mean, before the, the weekend game, which, which they drew surprisingly with, with Genoa, they'd won every single match this season 10, 10 wins on the bounce before Saturday um, and yeah they're, they're looking they're looking scary I mean they've, they've got they've got everything really to, to go all the way this year um, and the way that United are the form that United are in I mean one win in six um, I think it's a it's a massive massive test for, for United tomorrow night you said um, it's, it's Gary Owen here uh, good evening to you um, you said um Juventus have won every game and I can see 25 points after nine games goal difference 13 in the team lineup do you think that they were maybe having one eye on the game in Manchester in the Champions League uh, with only getting a draw against Genoa did they have their full the strongest side out or do you think some were being being rested or left out with one eye on, on the game against United well the, the team lineup they had eight or nine players who I think were going to start tomorrow. Mandzukic would have started mm-hmm. um, tomorrow night, but he's he's pulled out with a late injury today. Um, so I think nine of the team that started on Saturday would have played. Um, it wasn't so much the lineup; it, it was more. Um, I think yes, they they were they weren't in. You know, they played in second gear really for the whole game. They took their foot off the gas once they went one nil up. Um, and in fact, Allegri, the manager, said himself that we basically stopped playing the last half an hour so yeah I think they were were saving themselves for, for the, the Champions League game the Champions League is Juventus's uh, objective this season it's their obsession they haven't won it for 22 years and um, they've lost five finals yeah. um, on the bounce so five they're going finals. all out for the Champions League I mean that must have been in their heads when they recruited Ronaldo over the summer for insane amount of money particularly for a 34 year old an insane amount of money got half the money back within the first two weeks and shirt shirt the objective must have been Champions League though that, that must have been numero uno point <laughs> oh absolutely yeah I mean there's two main reasons they signed Ronaldo one was for the commercial reasons uh, they're trying to close the on the very richest teams in the world and obviously Manchester United are the, the richest of them all I mean, if there's one thing that we could say Ed Woodward's done well it's a uh, commercial side of things and, and Juventus are you know still very far behind in terms of making money so Ronaldo was they signed Ronaldo part of the reason 
other reason, like you said, was to win the Champions League. Um, it, like I said before, it's their obsession. They believe that Ronaldo is the guy that can, can get them over the line. He is Mr. Champions League himself. He's won it, what, five, five times, three on the bounce. Um, he always performs when it matters in the big games. Um, and he's started great for Juventus. He's, he's looked fantastic already, and he, he looks as, you know, as, as hungry as ever. And, and the form that he's in is as good as ever. Yeah, you're strong with him in the side. No question about that. You look at Real Madrid's form at the moment. No coincidence that uh, they're struggling this season, aren't they? They haven't got a match with it in, in Ronaldo. Got Bale, of course, but without Ronaldo, there's certainly less of, of, of opposition. I have to say to Gary Owen, we've seen Real Madrid now, guys, looking at the table. They have gone, they? So Juventus have got the player they want and he will win the matches on his of own. Of course, well, you just look at Madrid and it's no, such, no yeah. coincidence that since he left yeah. there, and I know there's been a big change with managing and everything, but mm. I mean, getting beat at home at, oh, know, to Levante, incredible. that never happened with any manager, whether Ronaldo's there or not, so you can see they've got a bit of a problem. But it took a little while, did he, to, uh, to get off the mark in, uh, in Turin, but he's, he seems to have got his magic boots on again now. Oh yeah, I mean he, he didn't score for the first three games mm-hmm. of the season, but um, but even though he didn't score in those three matches, he, his actual overall performance was was actually very very good. Um, he was having so many shots on goal. I think he had like 27, 28 shots in his first three games. Wow. So you know you having that many shots, eventually, <laughs> eventually you know they're going to start to go in and, and have started to go in. I think he scored five five in his last six Serie A games. Um, he scored at the weekend as well. Um, obviously, in the Champions League, he got sent off in the first match day against Valencia, somewhat unjustly. So, so really, his Champions League starts um, tomorrow night uh, against United. So, yeah, he's, he's he's looking he's looking fantastic. He really is. What has happened to Dybala? They all say that he was the darling of uh, Italian football. Started on the subs bench on Saturday or Sunday, whichever day it was. Uh, Douglas Costa, who I think is is a great player, he's on the. I know he's he's been in trouble of late, but Costa Diabala, would they not be thinking that they should be starting this side? I think well, start with Douglas Costa. I think once he's he's fully fit, um, he's not fully fit at the moment because, like you said, he he's actually missed until Saturday. He'd missed a month of action through both injury and, and suspension. Yeah. He spat at a player in, in September and got a, a long ban, and then he had an injury. Um, and he actually he came on on Saturday, and he looked well short of, of match fitness. So I don't think... He definitely wouldn't have started tomorrow if Mandzukic was fit. We'll have to see if he now comes in. Um, but, yeah, once he is fully fit again, I expect him to start for Juventus. He's, a, he's such an exciting player. He, he's, a, he's, he's electric, really, so quick. Um, so I have no doubts about him. With Dybala, the problem with him is more of a kind of a, a tactical issue, whether they can fit him and, and Ronaldo in in the same lineup. What formation do they play? What systems do they play? Um, Ronaldo seems to play better in a 4-3-3, kind of starting from the left, although he'll start from the centre tomorrow because Mandzukic is out. But usually it was Mandzukic in the middle and, and Ronaldo's playing from the left. Um, Dybala playing him from the right in a 4-3-3, he's not really suited to that to that system because he's not a you know he's not a winger. He hasn't got the pace to go out wide. He's he's all, you know all on his left foot. He needs to kind of play more in the hole. So they've they've had a few problems finding the right system for him. But he has been better of late. They, they, things have started to show you know that he, he is working away to Allegri's 
working a, a system to get them all in, involved in the same team. And I think he now Mandzukic is out. I think he, he should start tomorrow. He didn't play at the weekend, so he's, he's rested and ready. Before you go, Carlo, one very final question for you, because you would have seen Paul Pogba playing for Juventus when he was in his pomp, when he convinced Man United to spend 89 million quid on him. Jose Mourinho refused to answer the question in the press conference. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Has Pogba improved as a player in any way since he's been at Old Trafford? No, I, I, I think I think he's regressed. If I'm if I'm brutally honest, I think he's a, a worse player now than he was um, at Juventus. And I, I, and I can give you an explanation. It's something I've been saying for about four years now. The problem with Pogba is he can only play one position in one formation, and that is the left hand side of a three-man centre midfield. He can't play any other system. He can't play in a two-man midfield. He can't play as a holding midfielder. He can't play as a number 10 and kind of attacking midfielder. He can only play on the left of the three. Um, and in order to play on the left of the three, he needs two players alongside him who are fulfilling very specific roles. One of them is someone that can dictate the play and, and like, like Pirlo did at Juventus. Um, Manchester United don't have that player um, that can do that job, that's, that can create and pass from deep in midfield. And he also needs, the other centre midfielder needs to be able to win the ball, to do the run-in, to be disciplined defensively. Um, and although Matic kind of does that at United, he's not got the legs and the, the bite to, to really get around the field like Vidal did. So, so really, you know, um, at Juventus, he was more of a, if you look at it in movie terms, he was more of a supporting actor, mm. um, while, while Pirlo and Vidal were the leading actors, if you like. Whereas at Manchester United, Pogba has suddenly had to become the leading actor, and he doesn't have he's not able to, to do that. Carlo, um, that's a great so, explanation. That's the best way I've heard it explained. And we might need someone in Manchester. There might be a job going at Old Trafford soon, so if you fancy it, Bob, your CV our way. We'll, well send it on for you. We'll forward well, it on also, the you need Woodward as well to give another billion, because if he's <laughs> yeah. got to find two players now to play alongside yeah, him to get start. people playing, then it's not just, you yeah. know, by one, are you? Carlo, thank you very much for your time today. Um, enjoy the game tomorrow night, and thank you very much for coming on to talk to us about Juve. No, you're very welcome. Just before I go, can cool. I just say that um, to, to Mickey that um, I was an Arsenal fan growing up and it made me cry when I, when <laughs> oh. I was six years old, scoring the goal for Wrexham. Uh, I apologise, I apologise. <laughs> I went to the other corner, but I'm sorry about that. Well, just let me in secret. I've worked with him for, for over a decade now and he's made me cry on a regular basis. So I have nothing to do with football. <laughs> Carlo, cheers Thank for coming you, on, Carlo. mate. Appreciate that. Thanks, Have a good Cheers, dude. It's going to be a good game tomorrow night. I've got a feeling United-Juve could be a very special game. And Ronaldo coming back, that is the talking point. 34 years old. He's a phenomenon, isn't he? 34 years young. 34 makes no difference. What were you boys doing? Like 34, do you remember how you were physically as players? At yeah. I've been retired four years. And you retired at 30, you had an injury, didn't you? Of course. No, 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 no. Not to do with the injury. In, in the modern game, where I played without you know, Wilkinson for a year. Guys, do you enough. agree what I'm going to say about the modern game now? I'm not harping back to when we... I think it's less physicality. There's no real strong challenges nope. going in these days. Now, you know, the art of tackling has gone. You're not allowed to do it. Um, the, the pitches, everything, the ball, the way that the life is as well. Instead of us going in a bar for 48 hours, they go to a, a health club, don't they? But still, thank God I played in those days. You look, at other players that are 30, <laughs> you look at other players that are 34 years old in the Premier League at the moment and you think, when you so, compare yeah, him to Ronaldo. They are conditioned now, though. I mean, Ronaldo's a freak, and he, there's no question Yeah, but that. Ronaldo's got his own oxygen thing at oh, home. No, yeah. You know, he's that wealthy, he just yeah. controls his own Let me life. give you a positive stat. If you're a United fan, this will reassure you. There have been 14 games where Ronaldo has faced Jose Mourinho as a manager. He's only scored in one of them. 
So if you're a United fan, you've got a bit of positivity going into oh, tomorrow night. You look the other way and say it's about time he scored another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you> <laughs> Gary Owen, Mickey Thomas, thank you very much Cheers, for the Jim. Football Cheers. Social tonight. If you missed any of tonight's show, you can get the show as a podcast via accessmanchester.co.uk or just search Manchester Football Social in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and you can find it there. City fans, the preview for the Shaq Dardeness game is tomorrow night from 7. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.